solves some kind of task or problem. Uh, and without a functional aspect, uh, I think design becomes more a decoration than design. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning into Nodes of Design. To help support our mission spread knowledge, we have a very special guest on today's episode. Let's welcome Paul Paulson, who is a seasoned UX specialist with over two decades of experience and having worked with clients like IDEA and Cape Germany, Blacklight, Olesta, Taolin, MTO Labs and many more. Presently, he is heading a team of user experience practitioners at Sofarasteria. So on this episode, Paul has shared immense experience and knowledge on the topic of functional design. Also, we discussed on various parameters to check for a functionality first design and also discussed on few process points that one must follow to create function first products. Hope you guys enjoy this episode and on every Friday we release a new episode with a new creative leader around the world to help you understand different topics related to design. So don't forget to tune in into Notes of Design on every Friday. With that said, happy designing everyone. Hi, Paul. Welcome to Nodes of Design. It's a pleasure hosting you today on our show. Thanks for having me. So, Paul, how's your day going? Well, it has been a very beautiful and sunny day in Stavanger. Uh, actually, some colleagues and I went on a little boat trip. Uh, we have a fjord just outside the office. Uh, my colleague brought his boat uh, to work today. So it was, it was very nice. Wow, that's wonderful. So, Paul, if you could give a brief about yourself to our audience out there. Yeah, uh, well, I have been uh, in the field of UX since uh, 2001, um, so both in Norway and in Denmark. And uh, currently, I'm heading the UX and design division of Soprasteria in, in Stavanger. And uh, Soprasteria is a major uh, European consultancy. Um, right now, I'm um, working on three very different projects. Uh, I have a University of Stavanger website. I'm working on a 3D game. And I'm actually starting a design sprint uh, next week for a knitting app for a yarn manufacturer. So it's really a diverse uh, field. I've been in a, a number of consultancies uh, throughout the years, and uh, I've had a lot of different projects varying from TV to uh, web apps to uh, mobile apps. I have sort of covered a lot of different screens, to be honest, okay. and also a lot of different types of, of devices in which to navigate, I suppose. So what was your journey into design and how did you start? What are your tips to the beginners that you want to suggest? Yeah, I think my journey started all the way back in the 1980s when I first got my my first computer was a Commodore 64. Very into computers from then. I also got a PC in the 90s, very early 90s. So I started desktop publishing and web design on PC. I had a web page, a homepage uh, back in 94 uh, when I studied in Scotland. So I was, I was a kind of an early mover on, on the web uh, field. I had a, quite a long education. Uh, I did a master's degree in media science. I did some cinema studies um, 
in Australia and I did communication uh, studies in, in Scotland. I also finished uh, in Denmark my media studies degree. So, so that was kind of my, my educational background. Uh, so when I finished my degree in Denmark, I started a position as an interaction designer in a consultancy in Denmark. Uh, regarding the tips to, to a UX uh, designer starting off, I think I would like to recommend a university degree because it gives you a very strong uh, analytical skills. And I think it's important for understanding and solving, you know, complex problems that you have those kinds of skills. And if you're studying on in university, I think somewhere between arts, uh, IT and humanities would be a good study. Um, so you don't really have to study design or UX per se, but of course, that would be an obvious journey into the field. Uh, I guess a less academic journey could also be that you learn everything you can from that you find on the internet on UX and digital design and maybe take some introductory uh, free online classes. I know they have good ones in like Treehouse, places like that. And I think finding a mentor who can give you pointers and critique is good. But the most important thing is to practice and work hard and develop your talents and skills. Thank you so much, Paul, for such great suggestions to our listeners out there. So let's begin today's show with uh, functional design. So what exactly is functional design and why is it essential? Well, I think um, the important thing to, to say is that a functional design is there to solve a problem. You know, it has a very clear purpose and it also has a clear target user. Someone is going to do something with your design. And, and therefore, it's tightly connected to, to user needs. I guess a functional design is, of course, uh, the job of the design is to perform a function. Uh, so uh, a functional design, well, as designers, we are making tools for users to, to do a kind of a self-service. And, and I think it's important to, to have that in, in mind, because if you're not doing a tool for a user self-service, then maybe you should stop and think about what you're actually doing because you know everything from home pages to apps to everything is is someone connected to a user doing something uh, functional uh, to solve some kind of task or problem uh, and without a functional aspect uh, i think design becomes more a decoration than design so we have to remember that design is always about the end user and you don't need to, or you shouldn't try to, to make it about yourself as a designer. It shouldn't be about you. It shouldn't be about your client. It should always be about the end user. I guess that's the primary point I want to make about uh, the functionality or the sign as a function. So why do you think is it essential for you know, designers to consider the function as a ground-based point? Design is, is nothing worth if it doesn't perform a function. And doing something, creating something that is functional will always be a good starting point for actually making it also beautiful starting up with a very functional model or something it's easier to also to make it uh, really artistic and positive experience uh, for the user you know i think it is essential because as digital designers we we need to be thinking of, of functional tools as as a self-service as i said 
earlier. And always, if you're not doing this, then you, you need to sort of stop and think because everything we make has a functional aspect. Otherwise, it just becomes decoration. I, can, I think that's why I, it's so essential that you do it this way. Thank you so much, Paul. So what are the various parameters that one can check on to know whether it's a functional design or not? Well, something I do to check for functionality in a design is this. I look at the design, for example, a website, and I try to think of a functional need for every part of the design. For example, if a big header, you know, a big hero uh, header image maybe has some marketing words, I would like to know what is the functional need that I have for seeing this big image of maybe some beautiful people and, and some, some great marketing words. Uh, who came to the website today to watch this big image? And, and what was their purpose for visiting the website? I mean, probably no one came to the website to look at this. They, they probably had some other reason to visit the website. And I think that's the kind of question you should ask uh, yourself when you're making a design is, what is the end user value uh, that uh, some design element has? And if this is hard and vague and hard to define, then the functionality design test uh, would immediately raise a red flag. If, if there's no value uh, to be sort of taken out of the design, then, then it's not a good design. So remember this, uh, users always, they are always there for themselves. They have some need they need to fulfill. They're never there for you. So as a designer, your task is to actually remove all the obstacles for getting a task done, you know, like paying a bill or ordering a ticket or doing some, downloading something or, I mean, you have to make them feel good when you, they finish uh, the job in a quick and easy way. So I guess that's, that's some good parameters to, to always check uh, your design by asking that question. What, what function does this design have or this element have? What value does it give to the user? Thank you so much, Paul. So what is your process in creating the function-first products? The important part of the process is having, uh, are these four actually, uh, these four activities that I'm going to mention now. First one is empathy mapping. It's a, it's a common thing. And the second uh, UX activity is user story mapping. Uh, the third is wireframe prototyping. And the fourth is uh, user testing. I'm going to go a little bit into each of them. Uh, empathy mapping is, is allowing yourself actually to go out of the office to find some real users and get to know them, literally get to know them. Uh, who are they? What are their backgrounds? Listen to them, serve them. What do they think, feel and say and do? You know? And don't assume that you know anything uh, about them before uh, you actually meet them. So field work is, is crucial for you know, the early stages of a proje project. Actually, if you need to assume something, assume that you don't know anything about your users and assume that they always will have a very short attention span. So that's the whole empathy mapping part. You can you know, search about it, find out how to do it. And it's a very good start for any project, I would say. The second uh, thing I do is uh, user story mapping. Because when you talk to users, eventually you've defined their tasks um, well, in relation to your client's product. And uh, you discover their needs, and then you can draw a map of these needs. And you, it's like a hierarchy of actions 
that you can put on sticky notes. And um, you can break these down from a high-level epic down to a medium-level feature and down to a low-level story. And then you will have a good sort of idea of slicing a whole product into chunks that are sort of easy to understand, easy to design, and easy to develop. So when you have this user story map, you can actually start the design process uh, by designing a lot of these tasks and how they are supposed to be done. And, and that's when you get to the, the wireframe prototype. Because the third point I was making is, is that you have to wireframe it. You can't go straight to, to more graphical design. Because when you start sketching by hand wireframe in a design tool, you need to keep it grayscale to really focus in on the function and not think about aesthetics. You really need to sort of boil it down, focus really strongly on, on the functionality. So no images are allowed, no graphical elements. Don't sort of do anything visual design at this point. Uh, only clean generic boxes, texts, you know, clean buttons. And remember to, to sort of think in a responsive design way. So you don't, you don't necessarily want to design from one size screen. You want to think of it as multiple screens at the same time. So you think about boxes that can be you know, squeezed uh, and be bigger and large, uh, smaller as, as you go. It's very important to not bug yourself down on one specific screen size unless that's sort of a need. The fourth stage I would say in, in functional design is, is actually to use or test it. So when you've gotten some ideas down, uh, sketches, you've done some uh, early work, uh, you need to prove that your design actually works. You need to, to create a, a wireframe prototype. And I, I like to use uh, software like Figma to do that. Just uh, make, make sketches and user flows and test these wireframes by asking a user to perform certain tasks using this you know, black and white, very grayscale uh, solution and see, see how they work, how they think, observe them and see how they solve the tasks. And then you learn all the time, you learn what can be approved, what uh, are they actually managing, can they do, perform the tasks that you give them and how fast can they do it and what questions do they have and do they come to a point where they can't go further and stuff like that. So that, that's the kind of last um, part of a functional process is to, to prototype and user test it. So that's the four, the four sort of pillars of functional design, I would say. Thank you so much, Paul. So on a concluding note, we would love you to recommend us your three favorite books, but also three people who inspire you the most in this domain. Well, uh, the first point I really want to make is that you cannot read yourself into becoming a good designer or a good drummer for that matter. I mean, you need to practice and design is, is problem solving. Uh, you need to try out a lot of different solutions and practice, practice, practice. That's how you get become a, a good uh, designer. Uh, but coming to books, I think one of the books that really inspired me uh, early on was um, Designing with Web Standards by uh, Jeffrey Seldman. He really taught me how to design for the web. And Eric Ries, uh, The Lean Startup, is also a good uh, book for, for sort of the modern agile way of working. I'm also very, um, I want to recommend the book uh, Sprint by Jake Knapp, uh, you know, of the Google Design Sprint. He's been really uh, inspiring also for, for my uh, area of UX. And last, if I can have one, one last book, uh, is actually Douglas Copeland wrote a book called Microsurfs. 
is about a, a group of people working in Microsoft in the 90s. It's fantastic. That book is really, really good and inspiring. The people, uh, I think the functional designers are the most inspiring for me. And I have, um, I've added, you know, Steve Jobs to me is, um, you know, as a no, no brainer. Uh, he's been very, you know, seminal in this work, but also the German designer Dieter Rams, um, is very inspiring. He has got 10 principles for good design. You should really, uh, work on or, or have a look at those. Uh, of course, the, the Dane, um, Jacob Nielsen, who is the father of usability, uh, is also a, a good, uh, person here. And also Don Norman, the design of everyday things. It's also a lot of good thinking on this area. Thank you so much, Paul, for your wonderful time. And we're looking forward to host you again. Thank you. Thank you so much.